Welcome, Centerpoint Church. Welcome, welcome, Centerpoint Church. We're so glad that you are joining us online right now. And um, guys, we're gonna be continuing in worship, really in listening to this message right now. And I really wanna ask you to do something for me. Could you do me a favor? If this is uh, your church, if this is a time when you engage with your community, why don't we uh, be intentional right now and just uh, very quickly just reshare this. Uh, share this with your community because there's people that only you can reach that we can't reach. And um, we really want to, uh, to get this message, to get the word of God out to our community and out to our city. Amen. Um, my name is James. I'm the next gen teaching pastor at this church. And I'm excited to be continuing in part eight of this series. I can't believe we've already done eight weeks. Like this is, this, and we're just getting started, I believe. So, so just, just get ready. Okay, so we are in uh, week eight right now. And um, I have to be honest with you, I feel like this is a message that I've been wanting to preach for a really long time, actually. I'm very, very excited to give this word. Um, but it's one of those messages where you don't just get to give it um, like whenever. It's, it's like it, it has a specific time and a place. And I feel like this is that time right now for this word. So it's a timely word in season. Today I'm going to be talking from the subject title, Exposing Jezebel. Exposing Jezebel. And, um, and it wouldn't be a resistance series without talking about uh, Jezebel, without talking about how to resist the spirit of Jezebel. Um, and so let me just start by saying this. How many of you guys know that, that whenever evil rises up, God always raises up a standard against that? And, and so we see it all throughout scripture. We see in the Old Testament when he would, the spirit of God would land on the prophets and the fathers like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Nehemiah, and Elijah, and Elisha. And, and, and they, would, they would speak the word of God. The spirit would land on them to prepare God's people. But in the New Testament, in the New Testament, what would end up happening is the Holy Spirit would come into the people to empower us to be the church to change the world. I, I love our vision statement that we have here. Uh, if you heard it last week from Pastor John, some of those key elements is this, is that, that because of the same spirit who raised Christ from the dead that lives in us, all will be filled with hope, changed by God, strengthened in community, empowered by the Holy Spirit and commissioned to live the kingdom life that will change the world. That is only possible if we have the Holy Spirit. It's only possible, and we could be as clever as we want. We could say things in a, in a certain way, but, but it is the Holy Spirit. It's the presence of God, the anointing of God that will raise the standard against the demonic, against the, the powers of darkness, because we do not fight against flesh and blood, right? And so today we're going to be focusing in really in 1 Kings chapter 19. If I had enough time, or if this was a, a series, we would start usually probably in, in chapter 18. But today, for the sake of time, we're gonna start in chapter 19. So what I would love for you to do is, if you feel like you're being robbed of like part A of this story, go read it this week. I bless you and commission you to do that. But we are gonna start in, in, in chapter 19. So as you are ruffling out those pages in your Bible or on your app or a different device, um, I wanna start really here, I wanna start actually with a different verse and kind of set this up. How many of you know that Jesus said in Luke chapter four, verse 18, he said, he, wrote, he said this, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, I love these things, to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, 
to proclaim liberty to the captives, to recover of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, amen? And then Jesus, because this is the ministry of Jesus, he tops it off later on and he says in John chapter 14, verse 12, very truly I tell you, that's us, whoever believes in me will do works I have been doing and they will do even greater things uh, than these because I'm going to the Father. And so I know that we live in a time right now where, where, where people are just seeing darkness everywhere and, and we're confronted with things, but I wanna let you know this, is that wherever there is darkness, there is another standard. There is God's anointed that are being provoked to rise up. Can you feel it inside your bowels? Can you feel it in you that says, I will not stand for this injustice. I, I will not stand for what is happening in the world today. Someone, I believe God is just is stirring up even online right now right now as you're watching this message. You're, you're at the gas pumps, you got your AirPods in uh, outside as you're running, whatever it is that you're doing right now, I just want you to know that, that God wants to speak a word to you today. And so we're gonna be talking about exposing Jezebel today, exposing Jezebel. Jezebel shows up um, clearly at least three times, uh, either by the person of Jezebel or the spirit of Jezebel. Uh, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, it's gonna be in 1 Kings 19, where we will be today. We also see Jezebel show up, the spirit of Jezebel, in the New Testament, in uh, Mark chapter six, when, when King Herod's wife manipulates King Herod into beheading John the Baptist. And that is the spirit of Jezebel. And then we see again in Revelations chapter two, verse 20, and I wanna read this verse to you. I know we're, we're parked in, in 1 Kings 19, but we're getting there. Revelations 2.20 says this, "'Nevertheless, I have this against you. "'You tolerate that woman Jezebel "'who calls herself a prophet. "'By her teachings, she misleads my servants "'into sexual immorality "'and the eating of food sacrificed to idols.'" So. In Revelations, God is, is writing these letters to these angels that are overseeing churches. And he has these amazing things to say. You've done well by loving people extraordinarily well. You've, you've fed the poor, you've stood up for injustice, you've, you've stood your ground, but I have one complaint against a certain church in the end times. And he says, my complaint is that you have tolerated Jezebel to be in your church. You have tolerated the spirit of Jezebel to come in, tolerate means to allow, you've put up with, you've, you've almost created peace with this. As long as we could keep the peace, as long as this doesn't have to go viral, as long as we don't have to expose this. And I came here to say today, there is no peace with the spirit of Jezebel. There is no peace, you, you cannot have it in the church. God will not allow it. God says in the, in the end times, in the end days, the spirit of Jezebel will be tolerated in the church. And he says, I have already cast judgment against her. So Jezebel is, is, is not just a, it's not a gender, it's not a male or a female, it, it, it's a spirit. And the spirit, it, it, it comes with a power. It comes with, um, with a reign of authority and, and it will dwell on both male and female. But in, in 1 Kings chapter 19, where we're gonna start today, Jezebel is an actual person. Jezebel is, um, is, a, is, a, is a princess from Tyre that marries uh, a, an evil king named King Ahab. And 
he marries her because he's trying to open up the seaports and open up the trade, and he marries her because she was, she was known to be very pretty. And, and so he marries this woman, and as she comes into Israel, where, where the people of Israel worship Yahweh, she starts bringing in the practice of Baal and the worship of Baal. And Baal, if you're not familiar with Baal, Baal is, is the practice of, of sexual perversion, of the sacrifice of children, even abusive children, pedophilia included in that. It is also talks about uh, same-sex attraction, homosexuality. It talks about lots of different types of sexual perversion that, that you might just look at the story and say, that's a dusty old story 2,000 years ago. But can I tell you that, that Baal is alive and well today. It just is under a different name. And, and, and we, if we want to expose Jezebel, we have to be aware of that when Jezebel comes and is attacking, there is a spirit of Elijah. There is the, the, when I say the spirit of Elijah, I'm talking about the attributes of the vessel that is willing to obey God and to listen to God and to confront darkness, to confront evil. And so it even talks about in Malachi, I don't have this in my notes, but in Malachi, right at the end, it says that in the end days, I will send Elijah and he will come to restore the hearts of fathers to their sons and the hearts of sons to their fathers. In the end days, I'm gonna send Elijah. In other ways, I'm gonna send an anointing. I'm gonna send a spirit that is so strong, it will confront darkness. It will expose darkness. It will speak of it. It will curse it. It will drive it out. I believe today that, that for those of you who are willing, the spirit of Elijah, that anointing is available today. Why? Because we are still at war against the spirit of Jezebel. We are still at war against the, the God of Baal. And so whenever there is the God of Baal and the spirit of Jezebel, there will also be a greater anointing. Romans chapter five, verse 20 says that where sin may abound, grace abounds all the more. So, so where there is darkness, there is going to be a greater grace. There's going to be a greater anointing against whatever rears its head in the world today. And, and, and trust me, I understand that we, we are experiencing a time right now where we're like, man, the world is so dark and it just seems like there's always something, but I wanna turn our expectancy back onto the Lord to say, there's gonna be a greater awakening coming. There's gonna be a greater revival coming. There's gonna be an anointing that is gonna be released in the world today that will confront the demonic spirit of Jezebel. So, as I know, we're turning to 1 Kings 19. Uh, I, I wanna tell you something that's actually kind of embarrassing. My dogs, a couple months ago, they, they started getting these spots on them and um, in, their, in their paws and their, in their backs. And, um, and we finally took our dogs to the vet. It was both of them, Boomba and Ellie. And we go to the vet yesterday and we found out that they both have fleas. Ugh, it's the worst. And having fleas means you have to deep clean everything. You have to bathe them and wash them. And I got these spray for their paws and their tails and these vitamins and all this kind of stuff. And I found out that when they said it was fleas, my wife is in the sitting next to me and she goes, I told you. And I said, when? And she goes, three months ago. I said, three months ago? Why didn't we go and get them fixed then? And, and, and Husbands, if I can get a witness, if your wife ever says something impassive one time, remember it, it is important. And remember that she said it. 
And, um, and so I asked, I asked the, the nurse or the doctor or the vet, and I said, how much is the bill going to be for all this, this steroids and vitamins and sprays and wash and the whole thing? And she said, it's gonna be $700. And I said, really? Yeah. So we, we forked it out. We paid it, and it was in our savings, and we paid it. And the lesson that I wanna say is this, is that what you tolerate at one point, eventually you will have to pay a greater price. Another way I would say it is, is what this generation today will tolerate, tomorrow's generation will have to fight. Racism, we will have to fight against. Uh, so many things, and I don't wanna get into that today, but we're in 1 Kings chapter 19 today. And, uh, and really I'm gonna start by just saying this, now that you're there, Elijah has just called down fire from heaven and consumed the bull. He has defeated the 750 prophets of Baal. Uh, he, has, he has called back the rain to kill the drought. The water has come and replenished the land. He has been filled with the supernatural energy to outrun a chariot like the flash. And he has run all the way to the entrance of Jezreel when Ahab shows up on the scene again. And it says this in chapter 19, here we go. Verse nine, chapter 19, verse one, when Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way that he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah, may the gods strike me and even kill me by this time tomorrow if I have not killed you just as you have killed them. I wanna talk for just a couple of minutes and I'm gonna park here because there's so much in this about three different ways that the spirit of Jezebel will attack God's anointed. And it's gonna be found in those two verses that we just read right there. So verse one again, if we could put that back up, it says, when Ahab got home, he told Jezebel a couple things. What does it say? Everything, everything or you could say it, everything. <laughs> he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done. The first point that I wanna make is this. Jezebel attacks God's anointed, number one, through control and information for power. Because if you're familiar with the spirit of Jezebel or you're familiar with any type of demonic spirit, it's divination, it's through information that they gain power. And so the spirit of Jezebel, she has this way of just getting every detail out of King Ahab. And I want you to just, just think about this because it hit me this week is that King Ahab was present when fire came down from heaven. King Ahab was present when the rain returned to the land. He was probably in the chariot with no windshield wipers and the rain is hitting him in the face and he's thinking, Yahweh is God. And then he sees Elijah outrun a chariot and I looked at the map, it's 16 miles from where Mount Carmel is to Jezreel. And you might be saying, I could run 16 miles, could you do it with no water? So he outruns a chariot. Ahab is probably likely thinking on the ride home, I need to get rid of Baal. I need to reestablish Yahweh. At least that's what I would be thinking if I was him. He gets home and immediately as he enters his home, Jezebel flatters him, manipulates him, controls him by getting information and then usurps his authority by trying to kill Elijah. See, the spirit of Jezebel, a person that is under the spirit of Jezebel, 
will know things before other people know. Like, how did that person just know all that deep detail and dark dirt stuff? It, they, 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 they are known for being a person of, of gossip. They use flattery and manipulation to gain information and then use that information against people. They attack the competency of God's anointed and the usurper challenge authority and leadership. The fact is, is that Ahab saw God move. Ahab was aware that God won and Baal lost. And yet the moment he got home, he was under the control of Jezebel. See, God's not afraid or not, not God, I'm sorry. The enemy is, is not concerned or afraid with, with us uh, coming to church and seeing signs and wonders happen as long as you don't uh, kick out Jezebel in your own home. Because it wasn't until he got home that he was back under the control of the spirit. See, what you tolerate in your home, <laughs> it, 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 it will rear its head. It, it, will, it will confuse you. The, the second way that Jezebel attacks God's anointed, write this down, is by attacking your confidence with fear. The spirit of Jezebel, if you think about it in this story, she doesn't, um, she doesn't attack or threaten the, the people of Israel that are aware, if you're aware in chapter 18, you'll read that they actually were the ones who grabbed all the prophets so that Elijah could kill them. If anything, you would think Jezebel would want to attack the people or the congregation of a church. But Jezebel only wants to attack the prophetic. Jezebel only wants to kill the prophets. You know why? Because a church that doesn't operate in the supernatural ministry is disarmed against the demonic. If Jezebel can get in, which when we read Revelations chapter two, verse 20, we learned that Jezebel pretends to be a prophet. It's, she's not a prophet, she just gathers divination. She gathers information so she can get control. And so we learn that, that Jezebel does not want the story of Yahweh winning the battle to win. And so she comes in to try to kill him. And here's the amazing thing about this that we need to learn today in verse three, and this is gonna hit you, I hope like it hit me. Verse three, Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. And he went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there all because of a threat. The truth is, is the enemy cannot kill you. If he could, he would have. The enemy can't do it. He just wants you to believe it. See, see, here's what hit me is this, is that, that Elijah was filled with supernatural strength the day before to outrun chariots. But the moment he came to agreement with a lie, he was weakened of his strength and he was deterred from his assignment. So, so Elijah was not going to be killed by Jezebel, but she had gotten him to believe that God wouldn't rescue him. And if you will come into agreement with the lie, there's a cycle that happens. We can, we can read about the cycle. It happens over and over and over within the church. In verse two through four, you know, we read about how, uh, how Elijah was on assignment going to take care of Jezebel, to get rid of her and, and to tear down the, the, the temples of Baal. But the moment he came into agreement that she was going to kill him, he ran the opposite direction. He left his assignment. And once he left his assignment, you learn that he, he slumped underneath a bushel tree. He was, he was passive. 
And then beyond passive, he left his servant in another town. He isolated himself. And then from isolation, we read that he starts praying these prayers, like verse four that says this, then he went on alone into the wilderness traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. Elijah, who killed the prophets of Baal, Elijah, who was, who was taking out 750 prophets just the day before, had a great victory because of an attack from Jezebel. He's coming to agreement with a lie. Now he's suicidal. See, this is the cycle. And you might find yourself today, and this is why the Lord wanted me to speak this message in this time. It's because you might find yourself coming to agree with a lie, running from your assignment, passive in your faith, isolating yourself, becoming depressed or suicidal. And if you find yourself, if you could say, Pastor James, I've, I'm in that cycle. I, I'm, I'm either passive in my faith. I, 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 I'm not really engaged. This isn't really the season for my faith to be on fire. If you're, if you're depressed, if you're fearful, if you're running, if you know that you're not uh, honoring the assignment of God, you're disobedient right now, you might just be under attack. And the reason why you're under attack is because strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. If the enemy can attack God's anointed, he could disarm you. And God has spoke you into the earth today for a reason. We cannot allow the enemy to take ground. There is a cycle and I, and I love I love how this, this, uh, this story continues, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna invite the band up right now. We read, that, we read that Elijah ends up going to Mount Sinai where he hides in a cave. He is now completely on the opposite side of the map. He is so far from his assignment. Some scholars say that he went there to pray. Some scholars say that he went there because of fear and ran, but we find God, Yahweh, showing up for Elijah in verse nine. And I wanna leave you with just this one verse. It says this, then he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? Prophetically, I'm speaking this to you right now as you're listening to this message. What are you doing here? Is there a, a cycle that you are in right now? Are you finding yourself isolated, disconnected, passive, depressed, fearful, suicidal, emptied? Maybe it was just yesterday, you can think back and think I was just on fire for God. So was Elijah. And then the very next day, he was weakened of all of his strength, tired, and God met him in that place of isolation. And I'm speaking this in faith right now to you. God will meet you where you are. He's done it in my life. He's rescued me before. And I believe God will meet you where you are right now. What are you doing here? You're a son, you're a daughter. You're not meant to hide in caves. Come out of hiding, throw off the passivity, throw off the loneliness. Throw off the isolation. 
I, I love the, 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 the story. If you think about how Jezebel wants to attack the prophetic and the prophet and the way that Yahweh shows up for Elijah is he doesn't show up so that he could see him with his eyes. He retrains him to hear the prophetic. He says, Elijah, what are you doing here? Come out of the cave. And he shakes the cave with an earthquake and he lights up the path to exit out of a cave and the wind blows, come out. And I'm telling you today, the wind is blowing and Yahweh is saying to you, come out, come back, come to me. I'm here for you. I'm not angry. I'm not here to destroy you. I'm here to rescue you. We need to come back to a place where we are willing to receive the prophetic, to speak to God in prayer, to hear from God. If you are under a spirit of confusion and you're thinking, I don't, I don't know if I really believe in the supernatural, don't allow the enemy to disarm you of the one thing that you can kill any dragon with. Come out of the cave. If you're listening to this message right now, whew, feel the anointing of the Lord. If you're listening to this message right now and, and, and you know, I, I need to come out of a cave. I, I, need, I need to come to Yahweh. I need to, I need to receive his mercy, his grace. I need to ask him to save my life, to be the Lord of my life. We cannot serve another God and God of Yahweh. We have to denounce Baal, we have to denounce the spirit of Jezebel. We have to denounce any other idols that we have placed before him. He is a jealous God. He will not allow us to serve two masters. Now is the day of salvation. And I believe that for right now, I believe there are many, many people whose souls are on the line. It's time to come out of hiding and receive the mercy and the grace of Jesus Christ our Lord. Shall we pray? If you're here tonight and you're listening to this message online, maybe not tonight, maybe this is tomorrow, and, and you're saying, I, I need to come to Jesus. I need to receive Yahweh as my Lord and Savior. I'm just gonna pray a prayer with you. I just wanna, I want you to just talk to God because he's here at the mouth he's of the cave. He's here to meet with you. And let's turn our bedroom, our car, our office, our, our home into a sanctuary. And let's meet with him. Just talk to him like this, just say, Jesus, I receive you right now to be the Lord of my life, to be my rescuer and my redeemer. I lay down any other idol that I have put before you. I denounce the lie that the prophetic is not alive and well today. I receive right now with ears to hear and eyes to see what you are doing in the earth. I ask that you would use me as a vessel. The spirit of Elijah, would it come upon me right now to destroy the works of the devil? Thank you for using me, that while I was still a sinner, you died for me and you love me. And now I walk in the freedom, the mercy and the love of Abba Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you, Center Point Church.